Go ahead, Alex. Take it away. Wonderful. No, you always do the welcome back, guys. Go ahead. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Can't Take a Joke podcast. We have a lovely guest, Megan, today, and we're just going to dip into it. Thanks for having your first female. So it's really diverse from what I hear. It's not. <laughs> oh, we that's do, we a little do bit. Have a diverse oh, podcast. Oh, yeah. We did get our first uh, African American male. <laughs> Jonathan, did you listen to that? No. Jonathan starts it. The first thing he says, he goes, hey, hey guys, uh, thanks for having me. I just want to say thank you for letting me be the first African-American on the show. Yeah. He goes, I am your biggest fan. Andrew told me <laughs> Now we got that. our first woman, too. Yeah. Yeah. Back to back, guys. Paving the way. We're very progressive here. <laughs> so give everyone a little background on yourself. Um, a background on myself. So I have a bachelor's degree in psychology, which is fun. And currently I'm working on my master's in counseling. Um... I hope to counsel children, which will be fun as well. Cause through so sweet. school or through an outside practice? Um, can you repeat that? I'm sorry. I really <laughs> Do you want to be like a school counselor or through an outside practice? Correct. A school counselor. So I'm on the school counseling track, but in my program, I can go back and do a post-grad certificate and become a licensed professional counselor. Um, for all intents and purposes, I will be um, therapeutically trained, so I can administer therapy when I need to. Um, so yeah, that's what I'm going through right now. Very cool. Oh, yeah. Very cool. How was pursuing that? I've never asked you, like, how was your college experience in, in pursuing that? College or grad school? So your, your undergrad, your BA, like when you were doing, when you were actually studying it, not the graduate yet. We'll get into that. Um, okay. Well, college was, <laughs> it was college, you know, for everyone that's been to college, you can just get drunk and have fun. Right. Um, but it was still kind of not. I wouldn't say I really had like a critical thought about what I was doing after college, so I wasn't super duper focused. Um, but studying psychology was honestly really interesting, and it's something that I've always wanted to do. So I was really excited to actually get into the coursework and learn how the brain works and yeah, especially the way with people the fucking mental cases that are yeah. is our family. Oh, exactly. Yeah. I was I was gonna ask what made you? When did you decide that you wanted to pursue a psychology degree? Right. I knew this question would come up. Yeah. And so I've prepared a little answer in my head. <laughs> um, and Andrew's probably alluded to the fact that our family has gone through just a bunch of stuff mm. um especially with our father being diagnosed bipolar too that definitely took a toll uh, more so on me and matthew andrew doesn't really remember too much of him before being diagnosed i'm kind of a sociopath when it comes to our family i'm not gonna lie yeah he is <laughs> i don't give a fuck yeah um and also just the general i don't think i'm allowed to call andrew retarded this episode no, no you can't say that you <laughs> can't say that word yeah. <laughs> spread the word and the word bro exactly Jesus. I never understood that phrase. Wait, spread the word to end the word? Yes, yeah. the more we say it, the more it's going to go away. Uh, no, you spread the word. Like, you spread the knowledge to end the word. Yeah. Awareness. Awareness See, to not say When it. I exactly. first heard that, I was like, how is me saying it going to end it? <laughs> <laughs> and this is why you're the dumbest hafer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you're the dumbest. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so just with our dad and my dad's brother is very heavily schizophrenic and our mother having her own, her own things, it was definitely important for me to get into psychology and kind of understand like, hey, why is everyone around me like psychotic? Why do people work <laughs> the way they do? Do you find yourself now like 
profiling people you meet a yes. little bit. Yes. Like constantly. Uh-huh. That's so cool. Yeah. Can I ask what vibes you're getting from the two of us? Well, I don't think I know you too well, Alex, to really like say right. anything. We'll circle back to you at the end of this. <laughs> yeah. Right. That'll be our close Hold up. Out. I don't want okay. my diagnosis yet. Like, I do have a question though. When yeah. you're when you're looking at psychology, are you looking more at you know how man interacts with the mind or how like the mind interacts with society? That's a good question. And I would say for me personally, my own outlook is to look at how the mind interacts with society because you as a person have your own schemas for how things work. So it's it's not necessarily what was that word? schemas. Schemas. I'm not familiar. Schemas is essentially just like your own idea, like your preconceived notion on what something okay. is, is a schema. So just, hmm. yeah, it's a really interesting phenomenon in society. Everybody has their own thoughts of how something is working. And so, really, I just wanted to, you know, look into that and see why people do what they do. Like, yeah. why could two people be in the same situation and react completely differently? Yeah, experiencing the same exact situation completely differently. Exactly. That's well, what's your, your professional deduction on that? <laughs> if you had a starting point, at least. I wouldn't necessarily say a lot of what I have to say is a professional disposition. I am really not an expert in anything in psychology related, but I will say I have a, a greater knowledge than the average person would. Mm. Um, but with that said, it all comes down to like sensation and perception. I took a class on that and that was super interesting um, just to realize like, you know, Alex and I could eat the same thing. We could eat the same slice of pizza, but my taste buds are reacting differently than his. I could enjoy it more like... That's just, psychology. Yeah, it actually is. It's it delves into more like other things as well, especially neuroscience. But that is psychology. Why do I perceive something different than you? Hmm. And yeah, I guess like perception. how it affects you like down the road, like like the effects it has on your mental state exactly. or your well-being could be completely different than other people. That's why they like especially now people are standing up to kind of fight the whole mindset that some people have it's like well i got through it you can go through it exactly you know you don't know the toll or the experience that that person is going through mm -hmm. because something so slight like a minor inconvenience could be something so drastic for somebody else or it could and i, I hate the word trigger but like some minor experience could trigger something else that has like a much deeper impact that happened in their life before but why do you hate the word trigger I think I dislike the Let's way dive thing. into your subconscious. I okay. That's I, what we're yeah, doing. The that's way, the that's yeah. the effort today. We're gonna yeah. we're gonna dive into all of our conscious. So the way oh, the way I perceive it, I don't like the way uh, a lot of twenty somethings are using it. The whole triggered. You can't triggered. Like I it's agree. always done with, me. with the hand motion triggered. Yeah. <laughs> that you're because you're undermining the definition of that word. You okay. know what I mean? Yeah, that's it's, it's, a very valid reason. It's yeah. like what he was saying where, where he, he brought up where he said the word retarded. It's like the more you say something, the more it kind of loses value or the original definition of the word gets lost in translation the more you use it. Right. Yeah, and yeah. like I'm definitely not going to stop saying retarded. I think um, you should. Well, see, I have like, you know, retarded family members. <laughs> Like, in my family tree, like, I have a few, like, you know, people's syndromes and whatnot. Right. And, you know, that's something I've lived with and grown up with. And it's not something they like, but it's not something that I see as hateful unless it's directive. And if I'm going to say, Andrew, you're being retarded, it's not like, 
You're not comparing Andrew, to another person. Andrew, actually. yeah, I mean, I'm not. Yeah, exactly, man. I mean, we've dove into this. So I'm kind of chopping it up right now. Doing a, doing a horrible, horrible job <laughs> no, defending my stand. I mean, like, no, because I, I understand what you're saying, though. Because when you say, like, that's... When you say that that word, you're kind of just saying... Because the original that definition word. just oh, means geez. slow, essentially. It does. And it's still used in medical terms. Mm. And I think it's important to acknowledge... Firefighters use it all the time. Yeah, flame retardant. <laughs> yeah. I think it's... Im- <laughs> I think it's important to note the... <laughs> the setting that it's being used for in mm. the in a medical setting i don't see anything wrong with it but in everyday conversation i prefer to say intellectually disabled there's so many kinder things we can do just to help other people in this world i'd rather someone call important. me retarded than intellectually disabled <laughs> or you're, or, <laughs> well good thing for you you're not part of that group so you don't get a say so that's, oh, that's right i'm white and privileged no that's Alex, not take a shot that. with me it's tortilla tequila time give me let me use your Dr. Pepper as a chaser. I will. Nobody knows this, but if you know who you produces tortilla tequila, I need you to contact me. Is that what the tequila is? I will yeah. be tortilla. sending them an email every day. Until here's, they pay here's us. to me. Here's the First Amendment. What did you just say? Because <laughs> I know we are generating sales for them. We deserve to be paid. Oh, yeah, but it's only, it's only <laughs> us, though. We're not convincing anybody else to go buy this. Did you email them for sponsorship? I, I can't find them. I don't know who produces it. You can't type in tortilla I, Yes, trust me. I spent 30 minutes com. typing in different things. and like the, the It's not on the bottle the where car- they manufacture Cartel it. tequila. Well, mm-hmm. now that I had, didn't have the bottle in front of me, hand it to me. What if no. we get funded by the cartel? No. That's I know it's produced <laughs> I don't want to do any of that. No, let's not get involved. Why don't we in... go to the liquor store and be like, what does the box look like? What is the logo on the box that this comes in? It's probably a tortilla tequila logo on the box. Oh, it is Sazerac. Oh. Sazerac. Email okay. Sazerac. Yeah, but when I looked at their website, it wasn't on there. Mm. I, I think it's just bottled by Sazerac. I love how I solved his 30-minute issue in like two a seconds. second and a half? Yeah. Well, no, I found that website and i looked through all of their <laughs> um products but i couldn't find this i couldn't find this turkey uh, t- 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 this specific <laughs> brand of tequila all right, so megan give us a psychological breakdown of andrew and why he is the way he is <laughs> oh jesus well i actually wouldn't know unless i actually like went through a therapeutic process with him we'll do it i can't it's unethical it's unethical. Um, it is. Because this whole podcast is unethical. <laughs> it is unethical because I'm not a licensed professional counselor. So mm. if I were to counsel anybody, it's unethical for me to do so because I'm not properly trained. Also, because he's you my might brother. Open up mm. a part of their mind that they're exactly. Not like... Alex is going to get angry at me, but I can trigger something. No, I won't. <laughs> I don't get angry. You're using it realistically. You, <laughs> you don't get angry. What's that? Why is that written up there? Do oh, okay. I get. Me. I get angry. I got angry. Okay, I get angry one time in the whole class. Never forgets. They were arguing, and Alex literally stood up, and he was the same height he was sitting down, and he said, "Do not shush me." To Jake, waved his finger. Okay, so the way it worked is I was trying to make a point. We were trying to have a we were trying to have a, dis- a discussion, and it turned into an argument because we were also drunk. So I was like trying to make a point, and Jake goes, Shh, so aggressive. <laughs> and I, I let him too. And I like I like shut up, and I was like, don't ever touch me, bro. And then I started laughing silently, and I took out a piece of paper and wrote that. And then while they were still arguing, I got tape and just slapped it up there. Yeah, it was really funny. And then he let us argue for about like 15, 20 minutes, and finally it kind of died off. And Andrew was like, all right, I've sat here quietly for 20 minutes listening to this stupid conversation. You said what you need to say. You, need, you said what you needed to say. I'm talking. Everybody shut up. 
You should keep a tally for how many times that happens and put it on the It's paper. only like three. Yeah, it's like three or four by now. Yeah, but, it's but not, you need to get that stuff out, man. Exactly, it's healthy. Like Megan, it's healthy do you, event. Do you agree <laughs> yes. that? Yeah, exactly. It's a health. Why is it a healthy event? Getting all that stuff out. Do you know the psychology behind that? Um, like, why does it feel better just to fucking getting all that shit out? Well, I wouldn't necessarily know like the whole chemical process in your brain that happens, but therapeutically, it definitely helps to get things out in the open because I think a lot of the times we don't really know what we're going through until we vocalize it. To somebody else and that's mm. why therapy is so important for a lot of people because a lot of people don't realize what they're struggling with until they're in the room and someone confronts them and can and challenges their thoughts and then you're like oh shit like mm. i am depressed and yeah. then you go through those motions to you know help you i've def vice like i've had a, moments on like the opposite spectrum where i have like these racing thoughts and then once i express those thoughts and say it out loud i realize how ridiculous it sounds i'm like wait that sounds so crazy why am i like freaking out about this or like uh, you know having so much anxiety about this one situation i just said it out loud and like nobody like i don't i realize i don't even care right. but i have had it where i needed to vent and then i did vent and i feel really i feel much better but the, and talking to somebody especially if they've been through it as well then you know it just helps to like just get it all out like there in the moment because it's like me as a person like even if I'm like super angry about it, I just need to yell about it for like five minutes, and I'm to I'm like totally better. And I think like I feel that sometimes, you know. And then it's just it's it's gone. Right. Uh, yeah, cause I don't like just keeping things in, and a lot of the times, like I know my voice probably sounds like I'm angry, but I'm not. It's also just my personality. I would also say when you're venting, it's very important not to downplay your feelings because you mm. did say that what that sounds so crazy, like blah blah blah. Mm. It's not crazy because you're feeling that. Mm -hmm. So that's an important thing to realize. And it's hard to come to terms with, especially if you're not really focusing on your feelings and how you feel. You're always validated in how you respond to something. Mm. So because that's how your body chose to react. That's how your brain reacts to that situation. So downplaying your feelings really is a detriment to you. Mm. I mean, that, that sounds about right. That's true. So it's not crazy. It's your thoughts. Yeah, there, you just have just, to like be okay with it's just it. How your brain works. You exactly. Need to, you need to calm down and like understand that your brain is just going to do this. Like, don't fall victim to your negative thoughts. Exactly. But also, don't downplay them and say it's like, oh, this is so stupid. Why am I like sad or upset about this? Exactly. And the important role is to learn how can I respond to that thought better. Mm -hmm. How can I create a more healthy response so that I'm not feeling overwhelmed? Right. So, did you learn... Real quick, Alex, can you go shut the door? No. You, can you not hear those yes. birds? Do you like the birds? It's I think noise. it's nice. Okay, okay whatever. <laughs> it's fine. Did you learn how, like, <laughs> drugs and alcohol, like, substance affect the psyche? Or is that a completely different dis discipline? Um, no, I would say that is... It falls under counseling. Um, but I will say substance abuse falls under trauma counseling, which is taken so seriously in this country that I'm I haven't been exposed to it yet because uh, I just haven't taken the classes for it mm. and it takes a certain level of counseling skill and theory to really help someone who's strongly addicted to any substance or just anything that is impeding them so yeah mm. well, I don't I, know if that answered your question well, I, guess, I mean what I, I guess I was asking like more so did you learn like the science of how it affects 
like the neurons and like how your brain works. That okay, that makes sense. That is more neuroscience, so no. I was oh. focused more on psychology. I had intro to that stuff. I did take a neuroscience class, but I didn't pay attention because it wasn't my <laughs> it wasn't part of my major. Right. So I just pass failed it. I got a B in it, so it was That's awesome. I though. did okay. But it that's was hard. Good. That's more um yeah, that's neuroscience. So you would have to ask someone who's into neuroscience how it affects the brain, but it definitely does. It definitely does somewhat change the chemical makeup of your brain, especially if you're abusing substances like drugs and alcohol a lot. When you um, when you OD, didn't they say like they were trying to counsel you like from they thought it was like some traumatic experience? Did you ever listen to that episode? I'm gonna be honest. The only episode I listened to was Matthews. Oh, okay. Well, when, yeah. well you can, you can kind of give her a background if, like, oh, you don't okay. have to go into the story, but so she. She's not a real fan. <laughs> <laughs> no, I promise I am. Long story short, or yeah, long story, yeah. I uh, over the course of eight years abused drugs. A lot of it was really bad drugs. Uh, three years ago, I overdosed on heroin, and then since then, I'm better. So I've been sober for three years. Oh um, yeah, but when I uh, overdosed, yeah, I had to get a legal like before I even had to go get ther like uh, court ordered therapy or anything else like that to show that I was trying to be better. I had to legally get a psych evaluation. Um, okay, cool. I had to legally get a psych evaluation because they attributed, you know, the way the state and the way the country looks at it. It's like, well, I'm like I wasn't trying to kill myself, and they're like, well, why else would you be using heroin? And in my head, this is how drugs change your brain. I'm like, I'm just trying to have a good time. <laughs> I'm like, I'm just trying to party. Like, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm like, obviously I'm rationalizing it. But the, the, the way the state looks at it is you're trying to kill yourself. It's a, they looked at it as equivalent to... Um, Reality is a prison and life is pain. It, wow. <laughs> well, it's like, okay, say you're playing with so a gun, depressing. right? You're playing with a loaded I'm down gun. to this flesh. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Say you're playing with a gun, right? And then you have the gun and it's loaded and you're like sticking it in your mouth and you're like, I'm going to kill myself. That's kind of how they look at it. Like if you do, yeah, if you're like, why are you doing that? <laughs> Man, I have no clue Kevin's, what they're laughing about. Kevin Spacey, men who stare at goats. Oh. He's tripping to acid in a military compound and he puts a gun in his mouth. He just goes, I'm hungry. <laughs> he just walks up. Uh, what was this? Oh Fucking, yeah. Oh, that's one of the best. Can you let Alex ever. finish his story? <laughs> I'm sorry. It was just that was. Oh, <laughs> this is how Jake's brain works. Yeah. <laughs> he just has to say it really quick. We'll um, get into that later. Next. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're next, buddy. But they kind of look at it as like, well, why are you playing with a gun and saying you're gonna kill yourself? And you, your response is for fun. You know. So. Yeah, I had to get a you know just had to get a legal psych evaluation and and the psych evalu evaluation was fine. Like I'm not depressed at the time I didn't I mean on and off I'm depressed but like I didn't want to kill myself I didn't want to die um but they did that to judge where to place me on mm -hmm. the sobriety track yeah they're like okay well do you want to do you know whether or not I do in like if I have to go to a halfway house if I do inpatient or if I have to go to outpatient or like outside therapy so yeah but uh, as far as my information just from looking stuff up I find it really interesting how drugs change your mind now, obviously, I have no background in like neuroscience, but I became really obsessed with like the chemicals in your brain that allow you to become addicted to substances, and where that takes you, and how, and especially drugs like like the really bad ones like heroin and meth, those like completely warp 
your entire personality. Yeah, they do. But you're yeah. not. You're only looking at narcotics right now. You're not yes. looking at drugs like caffeine. No. Or yeah, know. caffeine is considered a drug, yeah. which is a fun fact. Yeah, I mean it's up there. It's, it's other chemicals like, I mean even like sugars. Mm-hmm. Any sugars that you're getting. Like if you're candy. getting a lot of processed foods. If you're eating accidentally eating pesticides. Yeah. You know, all these preservatives, there's a lot of shit that's really going on that's farther than narcotics that could be at stake in the long run. I mean, look at fucking everybody getting cancer nowadays just from the pesticides alone. Mm. Mm-hmm. I'm glad we're smarter about it now, but there's still... We have ways to go. There's a lot of, you know, industrial, corporate things that need to be taken care of. Mm. That I think we'll see taken care of in the next decade or so, hopefully. Yeah. So, <clears throat> did you learn about, like, depression, I'm assuming? Yes. Okay, so what is the difference, the chemical, like, the actual scientific difference between someone who's in a depression and some millennial who says, oh my god, I'm depressed, and just, like, is sad all the time? I think it's important to note that someone can experience depression, but they aren't necessarily depressed Mm. is a very big distinction that a lot of people don't realize everyone naturally goes through a period of depression you just don't have chronic depression or clinical depression so you know and depression it's it's longer than your typical sadness so like you can feel sad for like two weeks and then be fine that's not depression um A depression state is when you're sad for, like, over a month. Like, you just cannot get out of a rut. And that's where you get into, like, seasonal affective disorder where you're depressed through the winter because everything slows down, it gets darker earlier. That's, like, a very real thing, isn't it? Yes. Mm -hmm. And so, and I would say depression is chronic. Like, you have it it all the time. Like, you can't shake that sadness. And that's when you need therapy and maybe the help of medication or something to help you get through that. I don't think depression is, it's certainly, I mean, a diagnosable illness, quote unquote. I don't think I'd call it that. I think it's something that every human experiences. Mm. Um, And some people are able to look at it in different ways than others. And like really, really, really boiled down, I'd say anxiety and depression. Depression is a longing for the past. Anxiety is a fear for the future. Um, and I think finding a state of presence, finding that liminal space between where you can keep moving forward is overcoming both of those. But I think it's every something that every human experiences at one point or another. Um, I mean, dude, I think growing up, scary thing about, like, I can't imagine, I'm fucking 21, I just turned 21, I can't imagine being 40. Like, imagine being 40 today or like 50 today and growing up without you have TV, but it's not completely connected. You can't see the depths of the ocean. You can't see the, the deep inside the forests of China or you don't see the lives of other people. Even if you do, you're seeing it from an educational standpoint, not from an emotional standpoint. You don't see the effects. And I think that we as a generation have the privilege of getting that, I'd call it in in addition to our moral compass. Um, But imagine growing up and not understanding that everything's going to change. And then watching like, dude, I can't imagine growing up having like 
disco and going to like roller rinks and doing all that like all this fun shit like it's crazy the future so there's going to be hoverboards and then it's this and like that would be (laughs) that would be that is depression well i I mean mm. i totally understand but it's also moving forward is getting out of it and it's it's not easy for everyone there's a thousand different ways to Mm -hmm. look at it because Mm -hmm. we're all we're all dancing on the edge of the abyss and depression can be different for everybody and it can it can mm-hmm. reach depths that you can't even fathom yeah that's a very good it's a very good point it crosses into a line of existentialism i would say mm. um are you in therapy jake yes good thank you i'm yeah. glad yeah <laughs> I, I, I leapt on that and i'm just getting into it wow. so i'm not fully like it's no I'm, I'm getting my feet wet you know Hey, it's no qualm to be in therapy. I myself am in therapy, so I'm proud of you for going. But at the same time, from what you just said, please go. Yeah. I mean, I've gone to therapy for a couple years on two separate occasions before, and there's no, you know, there's no shame in doing it. Well, I don't see that it's shameful. It's less so something as a matter of understanding. You know, to this day... Andrew, Lena, my mother, and my buddy Easton are the only people who, like, know about the shit that's gone on. And, you know, that's that's honestly, that's going to be a podcast in and of itself. Um, but, you know, keeping shit in, it's not easy. And feeling like nobody's going to understand is a lot less easy. Mm-hmm. So being able to go to something like therapy and feeling like you can get shit like that out. I haven't reached that point yet, but it's definitely going to be a breakthrough, I feel. Hopefully it's certainly you get a there. release. Yeah. You know, and it's not something that I'm closed off about. It's it's open book. It's just a matter of you know, I can look at Andrew and tell him he's gonna think I'm schizophrenic. Yeah. If I told my therapist all this shit and she, my only fear is like oh, she's gonna come off and say like Oh, this kid needs to be fucking locked. Get this kid a straight jacket, right? <laughs> throw him in a white room. Throw him on some meds. Keep him locked up in the fucking put observatory. In a soft for, room. Put, put him in a soft room where he can't hurt himself for the next three decades. You know that shit's. I think it's just yeah. me watching out like well, Mrs. Ratchet th- or whatever yeah, but the fuck. Don't do, like their job is to work with you yeah. and finding outlets. They're not gonna be like, all right, lock this guy up. I yeah. promise you, as a training therapist, if your therapist is really so concerned with telling you how crazy you are, get a new one. Yeah, like they are supposed to be that outlet of understanding. Well, that's not even that's not something the vibe that I get off my therapist. Right. It's more just like But your own for your own fears. Assumption. Like Yeah, you know. You just throw that out the window because at least in my training, I can't speak for your therapist, but at least in my training, it's you know, you just you're there to support your client and if you're not supporting them in the way that they need it, then you're not a good therapist in my opinion. Yeah, so. Absolutely. I wouldn't it's a it's a valid fear to have and I think a lot of people struggle with some fear. So of my being therapist judged. needs to be the pope. <laughs> well, good luck with that what? one. <laughs> Why? Exactly, Alex. <laughs> no. Why the pope? Yeah, what? Let's because explore that. Why not like a Cesar? That was not, that was not right. Czar. Czar. Yeah. Czar. I said Cesar. Because a pope and a czar are probably on opposite ends of the spectrum. Okay. But why, why not? Why not uh, a shogun? A shogunate would be or a daimyo. 
A daimyo. A daimyo. You've been watching that samurai. Yeah. Is it good? <laughs> Nobunaga and his fucking legacy. Oh, it's incredible. I love watching documentaries like that. Modern Marvels. I grew up watching Modern Marvels. That shit was sick. Getting inside of factories, seeing all the robots doing their thing. It's just really cool. <laughs> good for you. Okay. So earlier you said when you like meet someone or talk to someone, you're like subconsciously like profiling them and like diagnosing them. What goes on in your head? I wouldn't necessarily say diagnosing them because I don't have an extensive history in diagnosing people. Um, people watching or diagnosing? Diagnosing. I don't We'll have... say people watching, not diagnosing. Okay. Well, in knowing what I know about therapy and the clues that I've been taught to look at, um, I definitely pick up on words that people say. What are some of those clues? Um... Just like body language, you know, you can tell if someone is struggling with something if you bring up a topic because they maybe look down a lot or they just, you know, they kind of shift when you bring it up or their shoulders are slouched. Like there's small things that people do that we don't realize we're doing. Um, I know like a lot of people that I've counseled in my program if they're really stressed about something, they talk really fast through it. So that way they try to jumble my thoughts as their therapist so that I can't I can't piece together what they're going through. So a lot of people just talk through. There's so many things that you can go into. Mm. <laughs> yeah, well, she's got a bachelor's degree. She's studied this shit. And half a master's. Yeah, and half a master's. <laughs> Let's hope she knows what she's doing by now. <laughs> yeah, it gets, I pick up on it a lot more um, through the years of being, I'm about two years into my program, and it'll take me another two years to get through. Um, so I'm halfway done. So you're going for your master's? Correct. Sick. Yeah. You ever think you'll jump into neuroscience? No. No. Because that is very hard and like over my head mm -hmm. as far as science goes. So although you're not jumping into neuroscience, I'm just, I'm excited to talk about it. As a psychologist, what do you think, you can answer this whether you want to look at it from like a moral side or just from a science side or a psychology side. <laughs> um, anything. Have you heard about Neuralink? Neuralink. Elon Neuralink. Musk. Elon, I don't trust it. If it's Elon Musk, I don't trust <laughs> You don't trust Elon Musk? I think Elon Musk is they, um They put... The most recent experiment was they put this, this it's like a wire thing, they put it in a monkey, and then they had the monkey play Pong, and he didn't, no controllers or anything, he was controlling both sides with his mind. Yep. They were able to play video games? Yeah. They were able to, I mean, they were able to, hmm. they're able to track the neurons in the brain and control them, manipulate them. I think that's also something that fascinated me when I learned about psychology, that like, the the hemispheres of your brain control the opposite half of your body. Mm -hmm. So the right hemisphere controls your left side of your body and vice versa. Mm -hmm. And that fascinated me. So you guys need to look up split brain patients when you get the chance. Jake, Oh, split brain is crazy. Yeah, I was going to say Jake would love that the most. It's so fascinating. Like you could show an image on one side of the eye. So like the eye would be perceiving an image, but they couldn't draw it. And like, oh my God, it's a, I can't explain it because it's been a long time since I've studied it, but you need to look it up when you get the chance. It's so fascinating. So like the idea of you covering up one part of your, I guess, brain and like you recognize something, but you can't. Right. So 
your brain has two hemispheres. We know oh. that. Oh. And they're right connect- and left. Yes. Is it okay? Yeah. One's on the right. One's on the, one's left. On the right. One's on the left. <laughs> hey, Alex, <laughs> go fuck yourself. Right. And so there's this um, connecting thing. I don't know the correct word. I think it's just like a bundle of neurons that connect. A wire. Kind a lo- of, a essentially. Lobe. A bundle of neurons that connect both hemispheres of your brain, and it's called the corpus callosum. So a lot of times, like if someone is suffering, I've heard it being done for excessive seizures, they chop the corpus callosum mm-hmm. to kind of prevent the the neurons from firing too fast and causing seizures. And apparently it's been helping. I don't know how outdated that is, if there's more science on it. So you'll have the left side of your brain and the right side, hem- the right hemisphere of your brain. And they're connected by the corpus callosum. Correct. So split brain theory is when the corpus callosum is severed at some point and one side of the brain is dominant to the other, where where you have the corpus callosum kind of as that glue that's having them work as one machine. Now they are two entities working in unison. Um, so now you have the right hemisphere controlling the left side of your body, the right hemisphere or the left hemisphere controlling the right side of your body. Um, without that connection in the corpus callosum, you're going to have, you could, if your right hemisphere They act controls, as separate entities. Exactly. Yeah. So if your left hemisphere controls your creativity, exactly. you could have a buff in creativity um, and, and vice versa. I, I don't know psychology that well, um, but just, <clears throat> it's yeah. really cool. You could, that's where I guess you could say talents come from. Could be. I mean, that's my... I have this question I never asked a professor. I'm pretty sure the right side of your brain Mm. controls your creativity, your artistic skills, all of that stuff. And the left side is the logic, the math, you know, your smarts. I think that sounds like familiar. I got a really small left side. I've always been told I'm left side, but I'm more creative than... But my question was... I know so, I don't know many left-handed people, but a lot of left-handed people I know, I'm like, does that put left-handed people at a predisposition to be artists? Jamie, look that up. To I'm be, left-handed as fuck, and I'm also a fucking <laughs> musician, so... To be, like, creative people, because I was like, I wonder... I'm also a poet, and I could write you a love song to my girlfriend, because I'm taken. Why are you talking about I'm talking about my creativity, because apparently I'm left-brained and left-handed. Let the woman finish her thought. Nobody yeah. cares. That was... I'm fucking... I'm her case study. <laughs> We're going to get to your case. But Dude, she's talking about are left-handed people more likely to be creative. Okay, bud, I'm fucking an aspiring musician starting Dude, a podcast. You are literally left a butt pussy. You are literally <laughs> ignorant. You said something about your girlfriend Ooh. and I got lost. I don't know what's happening anymore. I was talking about writing my girlfriend love songs because I'm creative as fuck. No one is telling you you're not creative. Yeah. I was talking. Let her finish her hypothesis. I'm getting fucking (laughs) migraines. You give yourself migraines. You too give me migraines. You give me headaches. It's like I'm Josh and you're Drake. Every day. Am I Megan? No, you're Drake too. (laughs) I'm Megan. Why am I Drake also? You're fucking... You're, you're the you're dad. What's the dad's out. name? I don't know his name. Roger. It doesn't matter. Tough squash. <laughs> Tough squash. <laughs> yeah. Have a good day. Don't tell me what to do. <laughs> I fixed your toilet. <laughs> you welcome. 
Dude, honestly, we grew up. We grew up with the best generation. Of yeah, television. we did. Of TV, yeah, because kids shows. Megan, I'm sorry garbage. to cut you off. That was just. Do you remember fine. your your? That was interesting. Your then hypothesis? he went on. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, continue. Go for it. Well, basically, I just always had the question of like, if someone is left hand dominant, would that mean the right side of their brain is dominant over their left, and mm. thus making them more creative person? I was like, I would really love to see a study on that. Um, there might be. I don't know if there is, but I that would be something I want to look Dude, at. Dude, you want to see how creative I am? I could give you a whole screenplay I right really, now off the top I, of my head. I, I can improv a screenplay about monkeys in space. I think I'm okay. I just wanted to do a screenplay on monkeys in space, and I thought this was my opportunity. for your therapist? <laughs> Damn, I'm going to save it for Netflix. You should just show your therapist the, the last like five or six minutes of this recording. I'm just going to send my therapist the podcast. And be like, Wait, right. so are you the person that you sit down on a leather couch and you go, how do you feel? Huh. <laughs> I, I see. And how does that make you feel? I wish, I wish that in learning therapy that I could say we don't use that question. That's been used. It's- I use it all the fucking time. Yeah. Because it's so like, especially with the most popular form of therapy is cognitive behavioral therapy. And that's where you take a look at your client's thoughts and try to rearrange them and help them and see how they're... Like a lobotomy? No. Oh, my God. It's just... Come on, it's a psychology joke. Maybe Jake should just leave. Oh, maybe. <laughs> maybe that was, was pretty funny. That was really funny. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, Strange things are... So, yeah. I forgot down. where I was, so you can... Jake, I, you, were talk, you were talking about how I asked you, um, are you the person that says, how does that make you feel? And you were going into, I actually use that a lot. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So cognitive behavioral therapy. Yeah. That's a question you use a lot because you need to get to the bottom of like what your client is feeling and understand like where that feeling is coming from and what you can do to define that and how you can create goals for your client to change that thought pattern. Right. So, yeah, how do you feel is a question I use all the time. Well, I feel like I'm God. What do I do about this? You're not, though. You're a person. Hey, I would hate, right? I hate to tell you this, but um, a God complex is really common for people with schizophrenia. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> it is, though. See, I got my first opinion. It's like, <laughs> that's like infinite narcissism. Like That's the top layer of narcissism. See, but at the same time, I've been trying to figure out if I'm narcissistic, but I keep... I'm not like doing the narcissism. I'm, I'm doing all the narcissism tests, but they're coming off as like, okay, you're not narcissistic. But I'm like, I'm God. But they're like, you're not narcissistic. But I'm like, that's such a narcissistic thing to say. I mean, do you. Maybe it's just self confidence or arrogance. Arrogance. But that would more qualify likely. as narcissism. That's, well, that's what I'm saying. That's why I took the narcissist test. Everyone is a little what, bit. What the narcissist? What is that? You can, there's like a bunch of psych- Is it valid? I've taken those. I've taken those. I know what you're talking okay, about. Okay, but did like, you get it off the internet or is it like a scientific? I got it from the you NIH. Just Google I'm doing all this shit, man. I can I, from, can I, don't I take it? a narcissist. It's a Bud, BuzzFeed quiz. Can I take a test to find out if I'm really a white man? It's right next to which sandwich are you? Well, you can decide that now. Disney princesses. I hope I get Moana. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I'm scrolling through YouTube last night looking for something. Because I like to listen to, you know, campfire stories when I'm going to sleep. Like horror stories. I don't know. It's oh, creepypastas? Yeah, like that kind of shit. I like but those. dude, I'm looking for one. And <laughs> there's just fingers. a video that shows up in my feed. And it's 30 seconds long. And it's just fat <laughs> white guy in canoe sings Moana. What? I love that. I was like, you know what? <laughs> I'm going to watch that. And I watched that. And I fell asleep to it. And he had a beautiful voice. Was he had a beautiful voice? He was in his canoe. It was brilliant. 
got my rusty spoon. All right, they're spoon. watching me, giving me a fucking... <laughs> no, we're talking about salad fingers. Yo, I remember that. Salad fingers, Jesus Christ. Rusty spoon. That traumatized me. I saw that. I'm old Greg. They feel good on my fingers. Yo, that was horrible. My mom sent me that, and she goes, here, watch this. It's hilarious. And I watched it, I was like, this is terrifying. Carl. She guys ever watched fucking, what was it, like llamas with hats or something? What? No. Like in real pe- in real life? Damn. Did you watch Candy wow. Mountain? What's that? Charlie. No, but I saw Brookback Mountain. Did you love it? Andrew yeah, was lead actor in Brokeback Mountain. Dude, Andrew straight up walks into my house probably 15 minutes ago, and he's just like, I just shoved a finger in my butt. What? <laughs> That's not how that story went. But is it a lie? <laughs> no, I've never said that. No, Andrew. That's how I remembered the conversation. I, okay, no, not this wrong. is what happened. You were playing your fucking game. You're a financially stable family, and I made a point with that in mind. Why do you guys buy one-ply toilet paper? from privileged to Can financially I, stable? Because, whatever. You buy one one ply <laughs> toilet paper I make one white my shit is through the paper in my asshole that's also been kind of a complaint that, yeah, of mine four ply four yeah, ply go four when I, I cry that was good Thanks. you like that shit be sexy duet right there you like this shit be dude would you and Lena when you bring Lena on you guys need to do that fucking thing that you do with like the music they, Andrew and Lena do like this beatboxing <laughs> thing and like <laughs> fucking Lena starts rapping and Andrew's beatboxing and it's actually dope as fuck I forgot what it was. You can beatbox? She, she, no. She wants to come on. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Oh, I she wants to come on next Sunday. I, I went and got COVID tested. Oh. I sat, sat in a line for an hour. Um, yeah. When do you find your results? I don't know. Two days. Okay. Although they're kind of, it's kind of pointless now because you know you're better. Yep. 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 So you're making a lot of sense. Yep. Why you just didn't do yes, it sir. when it was important. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yep. Yeah. Uh-huh. We've had that yeah. conversation. Yep. I know. You're making a whole lot of sense right now. Yeah, I know. You're not listening to me, though. No, because everything you're saying, I already said, got me nowhere. Got you nowhere. How to get tested. I know how to get tested. I didn't tell you how to get tested. I said you should have gotten tested when it was actually important. Well, you should grow some more. Do you really trust That's Pfizer mean. as a corporation? You should go take a jog. <laughs> don't do that. Okay. Don't, uh, don't do that. <laughs> that See, was the rec- signal for let's get back on. It's <laughs> recorded on a separate track, so I can do it as much as I want. Okay, and Jake's playing the fucking piano. It. Okay. Stop playing the piano. Can I ask you a question? I guess. So, like, what what was the most, what was your favorite subject or your most interesting part about learning in psychology when you went to school? Mm. Um, definitely diagnosis was my favorite. I didn't, like I said, I haven't dived too much into it. And I'll have a class in, um, coming up in a couple semesters in grad school where we will literally walk through how to diagnose people and all of that jazz. Can, can, we, so di- you, can we diagnose Jake today? You, you certainly no. can. I'm here for that shit. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't care if it's unethical because, like, I well, trust see, me, I'm... I do. <laughs> are, oh, oh, Does it okay. look bad on you? Yes. Oh. It looks bad on you, but, you know, we don't know who can you, you are. Can you give us <laughs> advice? We don't know who you are. The only advice I can give you is if you are really concerned about your own thought process and more and want to look more into it, I would look up the most recent version of the Diagnostic Statistic Manual because that is what psychologists use to diagnose people. Right. You will, you Megan, will, do you want, if we're going to fucking, you call it unethical. Because it is unethical. All right, so I am... Is it unethical? Doing? Is it unethical to tell a man that he can't gauge his own ethic spectrum? Because I gauge it as I'm allowing you to do this, and I, I actually prefer to, for you to do this on the podcast. Give me your. I want you to walk me through 
a diagnostic of like my psyche. Like walk me through the process. It's not can't use the word diagnostic. Say I want advice on my psyche. I I, I would like advice. Not just advice. I I do. I'm interested. What I'm interested in is the <laughs> process of diagnosis. Like it's, I, I'm not, I, I don't think it's unethical. I think it, it's, if it's a practice, I think it is ethical because the only reason it's gauged unethical is because of an, uh, somebody could be unstable in their mind. And I promise you that I, you can't put me into depths that I haven't Correct. been before. And I understand where you're coming from. But when I say unethical, I mean, because I am not a properly trained psychologist who is who has years of experience in diagnosing people i do know the general process of how you would diagnose someone so let's call it an experiment um no i shall not diagnose you but i can tell you how a diagnosis process would work exactly no that's all i'm asking is walk me through not i'm not asking you to diagnose me say oh he has this i'm not asking you for your you know professional don't diagnose me you can if you have assumptions but just what would the process what questions would you ask to start off that process well that's where it would come from therapy so if your therapist was super concerned about you they would refer you to a psychologist typically in their agency um, most agencies have like a certain level of psychologists that work there agency you know? isn't like a privately funded organization Agency, like, you probably heard me burp, sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't hear it. Agency, like, where you are going to be counseled, there is a group of um, just, like, different levels of professionals that work there. And when I say, kind of like a private practice, like, you would go yeah. to a doctor's office, you go to a dentist, you have your dental hygienist, you have your dentist, you have, you know, these levels of people. Mm. And it's the same thing. They call them agencies for psychologies. Um, so, if you're looking at an agency or a private organization, are they getting outside funding from government or from companies? Mm, or are they really getting most of their income and profit off of their patients? I think it depends. There, It's a good question because I think there are definitely... Um, different agencies involved in different things. Obviously, you're going to have certain agencies that are involved in specifically substance abuse who work in the streets and work with people who are maybe homeless or experiencing homelessness, excuse me, and who are addicted to substances. You have like certain, um, what's the word, like specifications for each agency. So yes, there can be like a private practice where it's typically like, you know, two counselors wanted to have their own set the funding, I'm not too knowledgeable on, but I would imagine if you are working in a community, you would get maybe state or federal funding, but don't quote me on that because I'm so not sure. I'm going to put you on spot here, and this isn't... Dude, I'm straight up, I'm going to target <laughs> big fucking pharmaceuticals right off the bat here in this early stage of the podcast. This isn't a reflection of Megan, this is a reflection of Jacob Donk. <laughs> Megan... How so? If they're getting state or federal funding, you're gonna find many, many practices in, I mean, really populated areas, and they're not all gonna get equal funding. Some areas are gonna be less funded than others um, medically. So you're saying that a lot of private practices have to rely on their patients for funding. So there's nothing really stopping private practices or 
agencies like that from, you know, taking a $200 medicine and charging $3,000 for it? I would say that gets into something bigger as far as insurance goes because psychology is considered a medical treatment and or specialist and you can charge through insurance. So that is all I don't know how all of that works, I'll be honest with you because most people don't and that's why it's easy. Valid point, but what I'm saying is I go to the doctor, they write me a prescription that the price of that prescription is based on the market value of the drug, the what the insurance will cover, what the doctor is charging for it, what the pharm- pharmacist can write it for. Like, there's so many other factors that go into that, so I can't confidently say an answer for that. There's not, like, one guy who just says, this is how much this is. Right. Because it's also different, like, state to state. It's different. Exactly. By, like, you know, by area. And by so federal, like, law. There's agency so many by things. agency. I would say there has to be a certain standard of care for everybody. There, I don't think it's going to vary too much because a drug is a specific price based on that drug and how available it is. And what Big Pharma, like you said, decides it's going to be. I don't think that um, a psychologist can charge you for a certain um drug because that's out of their realm of control all they do is write you the script Mm -hmm. that makes sense there we go that's a good defense wonderful you're the shield to my spear (laughs) you ask stupid questions (laughs) (laughs) i'm just kidding can i ask a question yeah so how much does psychology and what you learn come into play when people talk about like mindset? What I mean by mindset is like how you perceive, think, react. Like someone who is at the top of a business has a stronger mindset per se than someone who's like 15 years old and doesn't know anything about life yet. I wouldn't say that's a mindset. I would just say that's a level of maturity um, because you learn things as you get older. But, oh, yeah, what's it comparing? That's unfair to compare to a 15-year-old. Right. That was just an example. Oh, okay. Don't, listen, not maturity. But listen, the 15-year-old could have the same mindset of a CEO, but not all of the things to get to where the CEO is. So, like, I don't... Okay, then uh, let me start over. Say you have two 30-year-olds. One is a very successful person. The other one is s- scraping away at life. How And say, for example... Actually, let's switch this around. That's this person's successful, but they have a very terrible mindset. They're not happy. They're not. This is person A. They're not happy. They're they hate they hate what they do. It, compared to a thirty year old homeless person who absolutely loves his life, um, has no worry, care in the world. He's just living on the street, living day by day. Does psychology play in that at all, or is it just like how do you know what I mean though? Yeah, uh, there's a lot of like separate factors that would go into it, but certainly most of them would revolve in psychology. You know, is this person that is upset, like, are they at a predisposition for depression and anxiety? Does it run in their family? Um, nature versus nurture, that's a really big debate in was, psychology. That, yeah, I was going to put in a uh, product of your environment. Exactly. Like how you were raised. Like, because that's why there's people who do have a lot, like they came from like a wealthy background or they had a lot and they just weren't raised to have a solid mindset, like having a strong like family or friends. Mm-hmm. And that's why they're always striving for more and they have all these insecurities or something. But someone could also like one may say it's settling, 
But someone could be totally happy just working that average job, making their decent salary, and they have a totally positive mindset. I really think it depends on how you're a product of your environment and who you surround yourself with and how what your brain basically just tells yourself every day. Yeah. You know. Okay, so follow-up question. How can psychology or therapy help change like someone's mindset? Well, that's exactly what we talked about before with cognitive behavioral therapy. There's so many therapeutic approaches, um, and CBT is just one of them. There's, you know, relational, and there's, you know, there's a feminist theory about empowering women. Are you a feminist? Um, I would say I am. There, oh I, was very, <laughs> I was very, Dude, good I'm a fe- I was very good at that approach. There's, okay, I'm going to put my fucking two cents in on feminism here because I think it's important. Let's hear it. Dude, I'm a fucking feminist all the way around. And all that is, is having respect for women, dude. You don't need to put them on a pedestal. You don't need, no, like, I'm not, people are going to get offended by this. Women don't need, there are certain accommodations women should get. That doesn't mean we need to throw them on a pedestal, but that doesn't also mean that they need the same exact burdens that a man can take on. There, you don't. I don't think women should be in like fucking coal mines or anything like that, dude. I think, you know, me as, dude, I'm like straight up fucking. I'm I'm a white guy out of a nuclear family. I'm like, like. One day when I get married and I have like a wife and kid, I like that's the my wife like that's a woman's role to be the mother. Mm. You know, a man can't be uh, like um, um, you, um unless they don't shit. want unless they don't want holy to. shit. No, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna blast, dude. I'm, I'm I don't know why I'm tripping. It's, I'm gonna say this: a, a man cannot fulfill the same motherly role that. A woman can because there is simply a connection between a mother and their child so it's there's such an important role of the female and I think that when we start to say okay the the woman needs the same exact role as the male when you have that blended then there there's no reason to have a separation between man and woman and it's while it's like okay yeah that makes sense it's also a dangerous ground because they're there, there should be some degree of category, dude. Uh, I mean, uh, I'd also, I like, don't believe. Oh, I don't believe that there should be a category. Like, yes, like there is a different level of bond between a mother and their child. Down a rabbit hole. But unless they, unless the mother wants to do that, then that's fine. If the mom wants to go full time, and that dad is a killer dad, well, and that dad wants to be a full time dad, I think that's also that's fine. Okay. And that's a beast of a woman too. Yeah. yeah. But uh, my my point being is. Like, um, the way it's, I think that just traditionally it should be a man's role to provide for his family. And while if a woman provides for her family too, that's a successful family. That's a hardworking family. They're both working and they're both doing their thing, but it shouldn't be the woman's role to feel the need to be so powerful that she has to take so much burden onto herself. Cause dude, it's. While we're of such a progressive country, the world's still a dangerous place for women. And that's what scares me is because while we're getting towards, okay, equality for women, feminism, all that, it's becoming, men are starting to kind of get the idea, okay, we need to back off like protecting women. We need to start letting them be independent women. The world's still, I think the world's still too dangerous. And I think that, you know, 
any good fucking gentleman will still hold it upon himself to, you know, be that sentinel. But man, it's still a scary. You need to be that better person. I'm definitely down the rabbit hole right now. What are you? Okay, what's your thought? What are your? What's your take? As a woman, what's your take on this? I'd just like to say she's not a woman. <laughs> she has a bigger dick than anyone in the family. I dropped my condom. <laughs> <laughs> I dropped my, my magnum for my condom from my magnum dong. <laughs> All right, we're best okay. friends. I'm fulfilled. You yeah. just made a study in Philadelphia reference. <laughs> for, my, for my magnum dong. <laughs> um, but <laughs> so my thoughts were kind of all over the place listening to him speak. Because, yes, I would agree that there is a specific role between mother and father for the child. But I would like to focus on the psychology of um, just, like, you know, families in general. Like um, hunter-gatherers? No, listen. It's it's not even as deep as people make it. Like, mm-hmm. a child just needs a stable household. That's honestly true. That's like, why I was like... If, if the... it's one parent, if it's the dad, that's fine. If it's the mom, that's fine. If it's two dads, that's fine. Because that's, on, that's what I wanted to say. If it's two moms, it's fine. As long as the child is coming from a loving and caring home, mm-hmm. that's all it, that matters. it doesn't matter. Because well, if you're saying... That's that what, dude, the well, kids no, need no, love, no, man. No, Everyone needs no, love. That's what it's all about Jake, that's the only thing when you say it's like one there needs to be one certain person like for each role when you would take a gay couple like who's that does as long as the role? gay couple as long as the gay couple is pouring love into this child yeah. dude there's nothing wrong with that there's nothing wrong with it because right. it's about love mm-hmm. it's about that as a child you need to you need to feel wanted. You need to feel. You need to feel that that drive. You need to feel loved by that that sense of being wanted, and I think that so many people are deprived of that, and that sends them down such a path that's like, dude. I really think that. Well, I'm not. I'm not gonna fucking go down that road. It's it's important that parents. St- if you are going to have a child, all right, that's your priority. That's your fucking, that's the end of the story. If you're having a child, that's your priority. That's your responsibility. You're bringing a life into this world and it's a fucked up world. You need to do your best that you can to prepare your child for that. And I think that a lot of people where people get, you know, they'd say bad dynamics to their family and unhealthy relationship in their family. Um, I mean, every family has issues. Every family has things that they have to work through. You live together. You get close to these people. You're going to get so used to them that you just fucking beef. And that's a completely different story than having parents who aren't grown up yet. People who have kids too early and they still want to go out. They still want to party. They still have their whole life. They want to, they don't even give a shit. Uh, I mean, there's also parents who have kids at 40 and they still do that. So exactly and it's it's, you need to it's not it's not a matter of oh it's circumstance oh it's psychology it's fucking whether you want to take up the responsibility or not and at it's it's a hard world to bring a kid into not just the world itself but especially economically I mean, the last time I checked which was Jesus probably fucking five six years ago it costed like Two fifty, dude. No, it was like to raise a child. It was like a quarter of a million dollars to to get a kid from one years old to. 18. I need about tree fitty. Yeah, yeah, it's about tree fitty to raise a kid. Dude, that's ridiculous. I'm at two hundred fifty thousand dollars. You know what the fuck I can do with two hundred fifty thousand dollars right now? Not have a kid? That's for sure. God damn. 
Yeah, it's expensive to have children. Yes, sir. So, how do you? What do you think the psychological impact of? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, parent parenthood. If you, I the only term I know there's nuclear family yes. because what does that that's. Mean? So nuclear family is like what I have, what you have, where we have a um, a mother. I, Alex, I don't know your family dynamic that well. My parents are divorced. Okay, so um. like our fa- so your pa- ago, your parents fine. have stayed together. You have one, two, three, however many kids. Yes. Um, and you you all live in a house with a stable income. That's a nuclear family. Yeah, nuclear family it tends to refer to like the ideal nineteen sixties family where you had a mother yes. and a father and siblings, and your father went to work every day, and your mother stayed home. And oh, I didn't grow up with that at all. That's like the traditional sense of nuclear family, but I, I think. It's kind of changed to just mean like Do a two-parent household. Yeah. Um, just like a, I think, in my opinion, I've heard nuclear family to just refer to a two-parent household, but I could be wrong. It may still mean a mother and a father, um, in that traditional role. I mean, now times have definitely changed. Now it's probably just like two parents, <clears throat> st- two parents, whether the gender, stable <laughs> income. Multiple kids, and you I work as a solid I would hope that dynamic. that's what the definition Same. turned to, but I would not be surprised if it was still the like the dictionary would still say yeah. something else. Let me, let me ask you something. Sorry, really off-ball, but a huge, almost controversy that I'd like to talk about. Do we want to bring it up? Are you going to... Oh, I'd like to. I've are you going to get fucking, into a rabbit hole? And I've been digging into shit, Talking man. a paragraph again? I was I've, <laughs> been dig- I've been digging into you shit mean that could a, get me in a little bit of a trouble. dissertation yeah. is what he puts out. yeah. What kind of $20 word is that? You don't know what it is. No, I don't know. It's a joke. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did say 2021 has been a year <laughs> of quarantine thus far. She what? looks exhausted right now. All right. Well, let me go on. A, <laughs> that was 2020. Let me go on a brief monologue. Well, You've been going on monologues. <laughs> All right, you're right. I'll just shut the fuck. You guys got it. Okay, well, you can finish your thought because yeah. quarantine is really big in mental health right now. It is now. very important. Quarantine has been the kind of everyone has had a lot of time to themselves to take a look at themselves. Twenty twenty one has been the biggest year and breakthrough where people who were undergoing transition processes, um, like from man to a woman, woman to a man, have taken a look at themselves and found different paths and realized they've come out in twenty twenty one. Thousands of people now pretty much primarily in 2021 through this quarantine process who have taken a look at themselves have come out of that process gone back to a quote-unquote I guess normal stage where they are in their natural state um, and have said that through their transition time they felt that they were mentally ill that they needed a therapist that there was something psychologically wrong with them and that they're super glad that the quarantine stopped them from a transition process. And that, like, I, I don't have my two cents on this, but I, it's made me think because a lot of people are coming out, people who were going through transitions and they're saying that they really believe that, you know, it is a mental thing. It is a psychological thing. And that it's just something that people haven't become comfortable with themselves in. Um, I know that's a really hot take for you to answer on. 
I don't even think there was a question in there. No, it wasn't. You just talked. My question is, do you think that a transition process could have, could be stemmed deeply rooted in a, a, a mental lapse? Well, it's called gender dysmorphia. Exactly. That's what that idea is. It's gender dysmorphia. It's, it's equivalent to... That's, that's what yeah. the whole thing is called, mm-hmm. gender dysmorphia. Mm-hmm. It's equivalent to, because some people actually do have a, a, they go through moments where they think their arm doesn't belong to them, right? To break it down, or they think their finger, and they want to cut it off. Are you serious? It's the same thing, yeah. Those are things that, and, and people have gone through moments where they just cut their finger off because their brain is telling them it doesn't belong there. That is rooted in changing your, your gender. It's called gender dysmorphia, and it affects about 1% of the population, and it's a mental disorder. The reason it's because it's, it's insane. Wow, yeah. I think you're going to be out of a job, Megan. <laughs> I mean, Alex, <laughs> no, I Alex, love you, it. You, I, you seem to know a lot about that. But Megan, yeah. what do you think about that from a psychological perspective? I think gender, like, I'm really excited that Alex is knowledgeable about it because that means it's like it's becoming more knowledge, like it's it, becoming common it should knowledge. Be. It and should it, be taught. And gender dysmorphia and so, anybody. So, uh, no, never mind. Go ahead, go ahead. I'm just saying anybody that belongs to the LGBTQIA plus because there's, you know, there's you mm. learn we learn more and more about that community and what encompasses it, and I think it's something that's so important for people to know. There's gender dysmorphia. There's body dysmorphia. I was about to ask you when I was just about to cut in there what the difference was between gender and body dysmorphia. Um, exactly what it sounds like. Gender is you want you just have a different idea of what your gender is you feel as if you were born well alex um, has said when you when you have a feeling like your arm isn't yours that's a feeling of gender dysmorphia that's, well it's that's body that's body, body dysmorphia yeah. body dysmorphia it can it can culminate in many different ways in people but the most common you see it in people who feel as though they are fat you know you would mm. just think that that person has low self-esteem, but mm. body dysmorphia is a bigger conversation that I think a lot of people have, and a lot of women suffer from body dysmorphia. Dude, I had titties um, in high school. Correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't that a lot of the reason why... That's a, a major reason why women... Be- <laughs> Andrew, so did you! I know, it's just it just went unnoticed. It that did. was brilliant. That was funny. <laughs> No, I noticed Intense. it. I just didn't want because I figured that was another rabbit hole. So yeah. I tried to shut he was the door. Just keep talking. <laughs> well, that's why well we're all about the rabbit holes here, man. They, no, we're not. No, holes. we're not I'm getting into a rabbit hole. hole. Alex, finish your thoughts. I'm I know. Interested. Thank you. So that's why people who, especially with women, that's why like they'll be as skinny as me. For listeners, I'm five foot four and I weigh about 110 pounds. Damn. But when they look in the mirror, I literally take see, shits bigger than you. Probably, I do too. <laughs> they'll see someone who I outweigh you by like 120 is, dude not even kidding I, I mean whatever I, I mean don't even com- don't even compare man I'm very skinny like cause people I'll actually correct people like that all the time cause like they'll be like yeah but you're so skinny you're fit I'm like no doesn't, just yeah. cause I'm skinny doesn't mean I'm right. super healthy I don't go running every day I should but I don't yeah but like dude Alex is the size of your standard window <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah like the <laughs> argument we had <laughs> we were like if the cops came here You'd shimmy through that window. And I'm like, of, cor- <laughs> of course I would. Why would I take up that opportunity? <clears throat> Man, one time, sorry, it's complete cut off, but one no, time good. Andrew and I, this was a few years ago, we're, smoke- we're driving to Sam and Ben's house. I think we were going to Ben's house. We got pulled over. We get pulled over, and I had just gotten arrested for, for <laughs> having weed. Like, I had half a gram on me. That's and so I got funny arrested. to say. At 2021? I had half a gram on me, and I got arrested. 
but like this was a few months later and Andrew and I were driving and he gets pulled over in like downtown fucking Maryland yeah. not down like Brunswick. old town Maryland. Brunswick like yeah old town Maryland and he has a grinder in the fucking glove compartment and I'm like yours. Andrew I'm gonna run dude it's <laughs> <laughs> like I'm gonna I was like Andrew I need you to just sit here because I'm gonna open this door and I'm just gonna fucking sprint <laughs> that's the last thing you should do at all and then I thought about it I was like yeah and she's like no you fucking idiot <laughs> That's it's like, like they tell you like number So one what thing was the psychology do. behind that? I wasn't listening, I'll be honest. <laughs> 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 All right, yeah, whatever. I yes. checked my Facebook while he was talking. But no, the cop, <laughs> the cop comes to the window and fucking asks Andrew for his license and registration. And just goes, okay. And he opens That's up his glove Andrew compartment. <laughs> he opens up his glove compartment and his grinder <clears> and is <throat> just fucking sitting there. It was your grinder. I was going to say, Andrew told me it wasn't yours. My grinder was just fucking sitting there. I'm going to hit the thing. Oh, my God. No, I'm good. I'm watching that shit. My grinder is just sitting there. (laughs) What the cops just kind of looking at it, and I just, like, Andrew's hand is just covering it. Yeah, I was like in the. I was reaching over like this, like keeping it kind of shut. And the cops just looking mm. at it, and I'm. Like and then I couldn't find my registration, and I shut it. I was like, I don't know where. Or like, um, crap. And then I had to open it again. I was like, doing it again. He goes, that's fine. I don't need it. I'll be right back. I'm like, care. okay. We're sitting there for like ten minutes. Cop coming back. He goes, I'm just gonna give you a warning. Get that headlight fixed. Have a good one. We we drove for like five minutes in silence and just Was burst this out in laughing. Your, um, Hyundai trap wagon. Yeah, my trap wagon. Trap wagon. <laughs> so. So before we go back to psychology, just because Alex, you're you've asked me before about coincidence mm-hmm. in the universe, things like that, oh, with getting that. pulled over one time in a very, 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 very dark point in my life uh, when I was very fucking lost. I was driving one time and I was going. I made a a left hand turn in the middle of nowhere. No cars around me. It's like one in the morning. And I'm having, like, a breakdown. Like, all right, fucking, if all this shit is real, like, if this isn't just some bullshit, like, if I'm actually meant to be, like, alive for some reason, like, I don't even give a shit right now. I'm smoking. I got my bong. I have an ounce in the car. Fucking prove it. Let me get pulled over right now. Fucking do it. (laughs) Three seconds later, lights go on behind me. Fucking cop lights. Or what, like you I didn't, even, that on I didn't even see a car go on behind me. I'm going the speed limit. Mm. Like everything's going fine. Yeah, and I'm like, fuck, fuck. I take it back. Like fuck. I put my. I put you my, pulled a Bruce <laughs> Almighty and said, "Smite me, Almighty." Dude, exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I straight up challenged. God, and I put my fucking bong in my the ounce away, and I'm fucking I'm shaking on the steering wheel, and it's just like this little old Chinese woman. And she's like, "Hello." Like, she was like, how are you? I was like, oh, I'm, I'm good. Out of my brain. <laughs> exactly. Dude, I was. I was tweaking. I was like, holy shit, I'm going to jail. Like, God's straight up. Fuck, God got me. I'm going to prison. And then she was just like, I just want to let you know that you had a taillight out. And I was like, holy shit. <laughs> Thanks, bitch, because I didn't already know. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, right. so, thank you. And then she was like, all right, have a good night. And I was like, fuck. It's like, I'm sorry. I'll never doubt you again. And I went home, went to bed. She had to pull you over for that, though? I would have been like, lady. What? Yeah, exactly. Obviously, I know it's out, dude. I can see my rearview mirror. <laughs> it's Moral like... gone. So I'm going to wrap it back around. Yeah. Now, <clears throat> back to psychology. 
How does how do you think it like compares to philosophy, or are they completely two different disciplines? That's a good question. I think <laughs> so. I had to learn a lot of. I I don't even know how to answer that. So a lot of what we learn in the theorists does stem from philosophy and kind of what philosophers um, have said. But I don't. Yeah, think like when I mean, when I say philosophy, I mean like um, I forgot his name. Jake could help me in this. Sorry, one. guys. Happy anniversary to my parents. They're about to go out to dinner. Oh yay! They're celebrating twenty-two years, and I'm gonna go take a picture of them really quick. Yes, go do that. <laughs> Wait, Jake, real quick. Who is that philosopher that he was like? Um, everything is actually a lie, and it's it's your senses. Your senses are a lie that a demon is feeding you. That was uh, Nietzsche. Yeah, oh, Nietzsche, yeah. Nietzsche, like that, that, that type of stuff. Bark. Which is, dude, if you want to fucking really dig into my brain, this episode, I have the same fucking dark entity following me that Nietzsche had following him, and it's we the will. same one that Mac Miller take, and Lil go Wayne have followed. Go take now. the picture. We we'll answer this question. We'll take a little break, <laughs> then we'll do that. Jesus. We'll pack that one up in a bow. I don't want to touch that one. Don't, don't, yeah, no, we're gonna box that. <laughs> Up. Don't, don't up. go there. Talk about your demon in your bedroom with him. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there's Nietzsche and then there's um, Barclay. I'm pretty sure Barclay was the one that said like to be is to be perceived. And that's like the thing. It's like if a tree falls and no one's around to hear it, did it make a noise? I'm like a Schrodinger's cat. Schrodinger's cat? Yeah. What is that? I don't. I thought that, like, that same thing. Like, if, if there's a cat in the box, you won't know until you actually open the box. Exactly. If the box is closed, if... that cat's not there. Or, like, if the cat's alive or dead. You won't, yeah. you won't know unless you open the box. Yeah. Schrodinger's cat. Okay, what was your question? Oh, philosophy. Um, Compared to psychology. I would say that they're separate because philosophy, like I said, goes into existentialism almost and but that existentialism is what a separate existentialism it's like when you, you don't <laughs> you can speak up okay people in cars can't hear you sorry people in cars um <laughs> existentialism is kind of when you you've heard of an existential crisis correct like yeah but i never kind of like understood like what you it question meant. your own reality you question your existence yeah uh. Like, when you learn about space, you're really into space. So you think about how small the Earth is in compared to the universe, you're, then you tend to have an existential crisis. You're like, why? what is everything? What like, is? Oh why God. is the grass green? Like, oh, it's a simulation. I'm so small and I don't matter. Oh, my right. God. And existentialism is... Well, you probably is feel that way every day. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> existentialism is its own brand of philosophy, and there's a bunch of philosophers that believe in it. But I, I wouldn't say it... They overlap too much, but I would say that certain things can be influenced by philosophy. Have you heard of the trolley problem? Yes, of course. Where do you stand on it? That's when, like... Uh, yeah, so to anyone who doesn't... The trolley trolley dilemma, problem, paradox, whatever you want to call it, you have a, a, tro you have a train going across the tracks, and it splits into two. On one track, there's five people laying there. The train's going to hit those five people. On the other track, there's one person... And there's a switch. You can pull the switch. It'll change the tracks and it'll run over that one person. If you do nothing, it'll run over the five people. It's the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. Exactly. Idea. Yeah. Yeah. And I would agree with that stance. I would probably switch the track to go for the one person. And while it's terrible and that one person is dying, you save more people. I actually was. I hate this conversation. It's, yeah. It's, 
I was when they brought that up in my philosophy class. I was actually one of the few who said, "Don't touch it," because at that point, I, what I explained to Mark Brennan, shit. That's actually a good view. <laughs> wow. No, my my Same. point was um, Murphy's Law. Anything can't that can go wrong will go wrong. If I pull that switch, I'm now playing God and deciding. That's actually a very good viewpoint, and I don't think I ever thought out of the box to like be like, no, I wouldn't touch Smart it. I would just, I would just yeah. let nature take its course. If Jesus I don't, because if, if I touch it, then at that point it's murder. I did this, I did that. I changed the outcome of what the universe already did. But then you, happen. with also not doing anything, you run into the bystander effect. Oh, that's true. I would argue the same point. Murphy's just, that's what I said to him was like he Murphy's law. I understand that. Okay, explain the bystander effect. It's when you stand there and you like if you watch if like you're watching a crime happen, but you do nothing to stop it because you think someone else is going to take control. At that but point, it's not you're, at that point you can be blamed. Like you can be blamed at fault because you did nothing. Okay, but exactly. that's a crime. That's something that someone's choosing to do. This is uh, an act of nature. Bystander effect. I mean, yes, when you see a crime, but typically, like, it just means that you don't intervene in any situation that you should intervene in because you think someone else is going to take control of it. Whether so, it be the universe or another person. If I saw someone stealing, I wouldn't interfere because I think that the store I'm in, their manager is going to interfere. Mm-hmm. But say I... I ain't no snitch. Snitches got snitches. Snitches got snitches. That was just an example, but yeah. That's true. Because you're having you're having faith. You're just putting faith in that the store can handle it. Right. And Even, if you don't touch the, if you don't touch the trolley, you're sitting there screaming, "Someone do something!" Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I do kind of like the idea of not touching it, so that yeah. you're not at fault. Well, why? Do, why do you hate that problem, Jake? Because. Give him a minute. He's coming back to Earth. <laughs> <laughs> One, I think it's it's a it's a stupid problem. Well, I think it's very it's it's a, a depth, it's a base level philosophical question that you can look at it and you can say, Okay, there's there's two ways to answer this question. This is this is fucking stupid. Any philosophical answer any philosophical question, the answer to it is to is to be the good. That's the ethical answer. Be the good in the world be that better person why would you not be be the change you wish to how see in could the world. how could you not Gandhi. be how could you not be the good in <laughs> the heard. world yeah. that's what breaks my heart about this world is because not enough people take it amongst themselves they look and say someone else is going to take care of this bystander effect mm-hmm. the bystander effect how could you how can you, how, i i it, it baffles me how someone could not be the good in the world to stand up to be the monolith of fucking justice. Because people are You have lazy. a very simple responsibility, and that's yeah. to stand up for others. But people are lazy. That's so what, why. Would, you pull the, would you pull the lever or leave it? If I'm placing myself into this fucking situation, on my honor as a human being, I'm going to do everything in my fucking power to stop that, that nope, train. Just answer exactly. the question. There's two pull answers it. to the question. That's no, why it's a not. stupid question. So answer, what would you do? If I had to kill one person or a dozen people, yeah, dude, exactly. It's a stupid fucking question. <laughs> Can you just answer the question? 
it's I'd rather kill one. I'd rather tomato. kill one person. Okay, so you there pull you the lever. There, so you'd pull, say there's okay. Say then we'll put it this way. Say there's like ten missiles approaching people, right? And a million and like a million people are gonna die. But the missiles will stop if you shoot five people in the head. You're gonna, you're gonna do that? Yeah, you're fucked up. That, yeah, that was really wow. dark. That was really dark. I think it's okay. personal. You're right there. You're pulling the trigger. Yeah, you are pulling the you're trigger. You're watching the but light. Would go you rather out. have a million people die from those missiles? Right, let me ask you a much simpler I don't know. Much, what a civilization. Let me ask you a much simpler That problem. is as simple as it gets though. What that the the paradox. The most basic and probably best ethical conundrum on deciding whether a person is a citizen. Or a person, a good person, or a bad person. When you go to the grocery store, oh, I love, I love this. Do you put the shopping cart back? Yes. Yes. Every time. Yeah. Every time. Every time. Nobody's watching you. You don't have to. You can just leave it out there on the parking lot. Nothing, yeah. Nope. Nothing happens to you. It's if you gonna. Don't put if it you away. don't, it's gonna cost somebody some work, but it's gonna save you some time. Oh, I had this conversation with Andrew earlier, though. But like, what? that's their Selflessness. job. That's their job to go. As get the a cart. citizen, it makes you the citizen. As okay, as a citizen, I will always put the cart back. But at the same time, if there's if I'm in a rush, there's no cart place, and I need to just leave it in the parking lot. It's somebody's job to go get it. So no, I'm not going to feel getting paid for that. So like, do you feel bad? Exactly. I'm just one of those millennials that always feels bad making people do anything. Same. So I feel that I'm the one that gets the wrong order and I go, no, don't worry about exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> well, because if you complain, they spit in your shit and bring it back. I know I worked at restaurants. Who the fuck that is what we do. Spits in food. Go yeah. to any, angry chefs. Every <laughs> restaurant ever. What angry chef outside of film has ever spit in food? That's Bro. disgusting. How, Bro, would, I can't you even have you ever How would you know? Jake, have you ever I know I hate thinking about Jake, it. Jake, have you ever worked it's at gross. a restaurant? I like to think that it doesn't happen Jake. because it keeps me sane. Jake, <laughs> Jake gets very angry about fart jokes, yeah. burp jokes, Dude, farting, making noise. Jake, someone farts near my food. Jake, like, have I you ever I'm eat it. Jake, have you ever worked at any restaurant ever? Yeah, I've at, like yeah. yeah. Every single restaurant I've ever yeah, worked actually. at. I worked at Chewy's. <laughs> Every single restaurant I've ever worked at, we did shit like that. You spit in people's food? What we the would, fuck is would, the matter with you? We would we would tickle our gooch and then rub your fries and then put it on the thing. <gasps> what the fuck is the matter with you? Uh, that is disgusting. People I worked I've with worked in, People I worked with reborn. <laughs> Not, okay, Are you, so you kidding? That is it. vile and disgusting. I admonish you for doing that. I didn't do that. Oh my god! If I could, if I, I if I ate your food, I would file a lawsuit against you. That the is most, disgusting. The most I ever did was just take handfuls of fries off plates. Hey, but I'm still alive. And I'm still manager, here, so I don't care. The owner of the fries restaurant, good, right? the owner of the restaurant, did that. Took his bare hands, scooped it off the plate, and just took in a handful of fries. You better name drop this fucking restaurant no, right now, no, so I'm the fucking FDA goes and fuck, or they get okay. audited or some <laughs> okay, shit. Okay, but question. Was yeah. it because the it was, they were shitty? Okay, we weren't. They weren't just because, but they were shitty, and we were a bunch, and they were a bunch of dumb twenty somethings. But they were being really shitty. Hey, I'm a like, dumb twenty something. No, no, no. We were well, no. The people we were working with were dumb. Uh, I am too, a dumb twenty something. <laughs> and we were like, you know what? Fuck it. We're making like minimum wage. This person's being a super asshole. It's gonna happen. Yeah. When I went to Silver Diner, what I was explaining the other day. That was this morning, Andrew. Fuck, three shots of tortilla. I'm not drunk. But Lena said the server that we denied walked by, looked at her, and just kind of smiled mischievously. And then kept walking. She's like, and then she just stopped eating. She's like, I think he did something. I'm like, I'm still here. I finished my food. It's kind of just an unspoken. Yeah, fill it up a little bit. Yeah, it's kind of just an unspoken bond. You as the as the buyer, 
you just kind of like pretend like they don't do that. Like, do you really think the chef washes his hands every time unless it's no. like a five he star? He fucking better, dude. It that is my trust in capitalism, and that is Jake, the issue with Jake, capitalism. It's fucking Jake, disgusting. You, you are ignorant if you think otherwise that they do that. You know how many times you'd go up? You're for a ignorant, cigarette? dude. You're ignorant if you think that's okay. I never said it was okay. I just said that that's just that's how fair. the world works. Would you say earlier? <laughs> yeah, yeah but it's fucked up, isn't it? it? How is. can you not be the better person? How can you not say okay? What, I'm here working and I'm servicing people. I'm trying to make money. Jake, you are intellectual disabled <laughs> alright Andrew you know what you're fucking retarded at least see, okay well that's why I just said you got aggressive about it you got it you, you can't said, be, you can't you be said, doing that see that's what you were talking about people think that. I'm aggressive but I'm just not you man. are look I'm at fine. you look at you Do I, I can see the vein in your neck you're yelling I got veins in my neck do I yeah, look hot bro. yeah look at a fucking butt pussy a butt pussy Oh, Jesus. What is that? <laughs> Black cock down. <laughs> Black cock I'm down. hung up on this butt pussy. I don't know. What I don't know. Is. I just started saying it the other day. I called this I called this kid I work with, um, Nico. I was like, Nico, you're a butt pussy. And he just goes, Excuse me? I'd be taken aback. I'd be like, what? <laughs> what did you say? I was like, you heard me and walked away. <laughs> well. Yeah, just, uh, you wanna take a little fiver? Turns the pages of the I'm hungry. You want to take a fiver? You're hungry? I'm oh, hungry. is that what time it is? Yep, it's hungry. Yeah. hungry. Let's take a little intermission. Snack 30 right now. Intermission. You have a piano and you choose now to do it with your mouth? Holy shit. You guys want to hear a sweet ass chord? No. <laughs> Jake's playing the piano right now. It's actually kind of soothing. It's actually kind of soothing. I want to hate him, but it's I like, do. wow. I want to hate it, too. <laughs> <laughs> Give me some lo-fi. Oh, yes. Oh, that's our beat, bro. You really want some lo-fi shit right now? Yeah. No, I just want some food. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys stay hydrated. Get some rest. Bye. <laughs>